0: Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. We, we start to put, you know, not only the expectations on ourselves, but we also kind of put on the expectations of others, even if they're not actually there. We just have this, this dump on ourselves of what, what we need to do and that it always has to be better. And we, we know we can rationalize that progress isn't necessarily linear at all times.
1: If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now, on to the show. Before we get into this episode, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to make sure you are maximizing your nutrition to become a healthy runner, you'll want to check out Heal from The Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about HEAL and how it can help you with your injuries and overall recovery. Or you can check out the research yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Have you felt nervous before a race? Do you get those pre-race jitters? Or does anxiety really overtake your whole body during a race where you can't? be able to perform the way you want to as a runner. That is exactly what we're talking about today. Um, Welcome to episode 127 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. So I have two very special guests with me today. Uh, Two of my dear friends, we have Coach Kat, who is a repeat uh, podcast guest. And then we have the amazing Irene Bosco, who is a licensed um, clinical social worker, and she is gonna really be our content expert today um, in talking about how we as runners can get over some race anxiety. Um, So I am really, really excited to have both of you on. I know Coach Kat is gonna share some personal experience that she has had during some races um, in struggling with really getting over some of those jitters and having some anxious feelings, but Irene, if you don't mind sharing just kind of a little dynamic warm-up uh, about yourself, you know where uh, do you reside, and uh, let let some of our running community know about a little bit about your running background as well as your professional background.
0: Sure, sure. Um, I live in Berlin, Connecticut, under some very lovely storms that are passing through right about now. Um, I st- it's been loud. I started running about 22 years ago and have been pretty much running ever since. And I started running initially for my mental health. You know, I had no aspirations of ever doing really anything with it other than really reducing some anxiety and, um, working through some depression at the time. Um, I, now practice helping people with anxiety and depression i'm a licensed clinical social worker i'm primarily telehealth i do have an office in Hamden, actually right around the corner from your place dwayne
1: yes (laughs) and
0: um i'm not i'm not there that much this seems to be the the way of things now but that's just a little bit about me
1: Mm -hmm. and what do you have uh planned for your uh next race
0: oh geez (laughs) so my next race, excuse Bye. me, <laughs> is Marine Corps Marathon. And <clears throat> it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a a do-over of my last Marine Corps Marathon, which was right before the pandemic. And I had the brilliant of idea of running three marathons over the course of three consecutive weekends, and then hurt myself in the last one, which was probably to be foreseen and Dwayne actually helped me. He rehabbed my, um, my quad and got me back to running really, really quick. And it was, it was great. Um, and <clears throat> so I had to defer it for two years, um, first year. And I don't, when we'll probably get into this, I don't really do virtual races at all. I like the, the support and I like the, the noise, but I'm redoing that one in october and then my sister asked me if i wanted to do another one in december and i was like we're setting up for a recipe for disaster here but i'm going to do the i think it's the palm beach marathon i forget the exact name of it in december
1: okay all right so we got two marathons on the calendar in mm-hmm. fall and early winter we'll call that we won't call it late fall We'll we'll say that we're in different seasons um, and yes, that is how we met, uh, years ago. <laughs> and, um, that is very exciting for you and yeah, kudos to you. And thanks for sharing your story on how you got into running, because I, I feel like a lot of the runners that I get on calls with, and I get to talk to a lot of, a lot of runners, um, you know, get into running. I find the common scenario is kind of weight loss or, um, just wanting to, challenge themselves and do something new. And then once they get into running, they all tell me now, you know, I ask them say, you know, and they want to, you know, work with us. in in our coaching program, I say, well, why do you want to run this half marathon? You know, why is it important to you to run New York in the fall? And they all tell me, you know, it is more of, I love running. I love the mental benefit it gives me. Um, And like, I, myself, like, totally feel that way. Right. Like yeah. I got into it for more the physical side of things and just to like, you know, stay lean and the physical benefits, then like the challenge of, can I be a runner? Um, you know, as I was in my thirties and now, you know, it is those mental benefits. So that is interesting how you kind of started with running because you knew, and obviously with your background, right, you knew of the mental benefits that um, running can offer. So that's why I'm really excited to kind of get into today's talk, because I know there are probably going to be a lot of runners who are listening to this who have struggled, um, whether it is, you know, at a race and having some performance anxiety where, you know, the pressure kind of mounts on them. And, Um, This is really where I want to kind of turn it to, you know, Coach Kat, you've been very generous in, you know, being willing to share some of your story of, you know, how you have, you know, dealt or how you've been um, confronted with some you know anxious feelings at races can you tell us a little bit about that and f- by the way if this is the first episode you guys are ever listening to coach cat's been on <laughs> many many times um so you can check her long bio out uh one of the other episodes i will definitely link those in the show notes of previous episodes with coach cat but yeah cat if you can just share with us some of like when this started like what did you feel like what were you going through
2: um when i first started running races i went out there no issues did excellent no nerves whatsoever as time started going on and we'll get into that later i started finding i would train fine 16 week marathon plans train perfect fueling everything down pat was physically fine but then the week before something would come over me and i would get bouts of panic, like where I couldn't sleep, I did not fuel properly days before the races. Um, And this could have been, a. this was usually half marathon and marathons, it wasn't usually under that, Um, where all of my training didn't help. I was nervous, I was not sleeping well. Then the morning of races, and one specific marathon in Maine comes to mind, couldn't eat, my stomach just said no, There was no getting food down. It wasn't a nausea. It was, it wouldn't go down my throat. So I started this under fuel, definitely. Halfway through the race, the nerves hit me even stronger, couldn't drink, had barely sips of water. And after that race, I seriously considered whether I should race again, because I had had many previous experiences with races where I put in four months of training and then race day everything it didn't you couldn't tell i trained it was like i had not spent any time training i was that struggling and it wasn't necessarily one thing or another It was everything so i knew race anxiety was normal but i knew that at this point it was affecting my performance and when it was causing me to not want to race at all or even run Then I decided, you know, that's the time where the anxiety moved into a level where I needed somebody to help me and find ways to not be so anxious, to to cope with this. Because I'm not a shy person. Everybody knows I am not a shy person. I'll get in front of classes. I'll talk forever. You know, I'll lead groups. So I'm not a normally nervous individual when it comes to that, but this totally different. So I talked to Irene. I had a couple of telehealth sessions with her over the summer prior to um, actually Remacon last year and MCM, Marine Corps Marathon. And she'll go on and tell you what worked. but it really, really made a difference to talk to somebody about these specific ways to overcome this. And I do want to say, and I've always wanted to say, and I'm sure Irene will back me up. Nerves are normal and they're okay. But when they moved into my level of nervousness, where it was affecting or like affecting me really, really negatively, that's when I decided I knew I needed to get an outside help because I couldn't do it myself.
1: Yeah. exactly. Well, thank you. First off for sharing your story and being willing to share. Um, because I think it is always tough. And, but I, I think, you know, within our healthy runner coaching team, we're pretty transparent and we share our wins as well as our losses. And because we all struggle with the, you know, the same things. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And just to kind of make sure that I understand is like the initial races that you did at the beginning of your running journey, you were fine. And then it was really after this wasn't even your first marathon, right? This was like your third or fourth. Was that correct?
2: Sixth. Sixth. Sixth Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you I have, new...
2: I started struggling on marathon five. Um, and I think it was partly, and this wasn't what Irene, but I think when I first started, there was no expectations. I just ran it. I flew, I knew how to run, you know, I was fine. And then as time goes on outside expectations from people, even myself started affecting me getting in my head.
1: So. Okay. Yeah. And I can definitely, I can, I can see that um, happening and being common. You know, obviously the first marathon someone runs with myself only running one, um, (laughs) you know, I I can say is you're nervous because you're like, can I finish it? Right. Like, but it's still, I can see after you do a couple where it's like, Hey, now I have to like do better than the last. And, you know, especially if, you know you've been talking it up and you've been sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your running community. then it's like, hey, I gotta like deliver here. There's some like pressure on me where I have to deliver. So I could see that you know being fairly common. Um, is that something that is um, common that you've seen, Irene?
0: Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. we We start to put you know not only the expectations on ourselves, but we also kind of put on the expectations of others even if they're not actually there. We just have this, this dump on ourselves of what, what we need to do and that it always has to be better. And we, we know we can rationalize that progress isn't necessarily linear at all times, but we have a hard time believing that when it, you know, Hey, I'm a running coach. I have a a following I have, you know, I've done some before, you know, I should know this. Well, that's also part of the problem because you do know it and you do know what to expect at mile 21 when, you know, it just all goes, you know crashing down anyone you know crawling hole and die so yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or run by the uh the fireball shot stand at marine corps which i have not ever done
1: wait the so there's a, seriously a fireball shot stand yes there there's what? a group
0: that they can't <laughs> there is a tent set up with shots of fireball and they'll you know you're running by or God. like crawling
2: by at that point and all you pain. smell is alcohol and you're like I can't even right now numbs, the logic in my mind is it numbs the pain you just numbs everything and you just keep going right i will Gosh. test that out next one all right i just I'll, don't I'll understand
1: though if you're already dehydrated <laughs> is alcohol excited. gonna help you <laughs>
2: it's it does. Not- you won't know you're dehydrated you won't care <laughs> All right, sorry guys.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> guys, we could we digress. We knew this is this is gonna probably she be an episode it. where we're just gonna go off on different tangents. She so started. hang in there. We will get to yes. uh, the the purpose of this podcast is to really share some tips for you, right? In how you can overcome um, if you're experiencing something like Coach Kat was experiencing. Or you might be experiencing something a little bit different. And Irene's gonna kind of share with us how we can kind of um, help overcome some of these obstacles. So I guess, yeah, let's get into this, Irene. You know, what would be, you know, we kind of, I asked you, you know, like a framework, could you share this in like five tips? And because you're just like amazing, you're like, absolutely I can. So, you know, if we kind of break this down into five tips, what would be the first recommendation or tip that you would have to overcome uh, race anxiety?
0: Have a plan have a plan, have something concrete that you can refer to. Um, the plan could be around, you know, like with cat, it could be around fueling. And what do we tweak around that? It could be around, you know, your eagle, beagle, seagull, and just planning to, to execute, which is basically the second one. Um, spoiler alert. So having that plan. <laughs> having that plan and having something concrete that you can refer to that you've practiced over and over and over again, where you kind of take the thinking out of it and you just refer yourself back there. And
1: sorry to interject there, but are you, do you mean like a plan for your race itself? Like the logistical kind of side of things of like time, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, like that kind of a plan,
0: that kind of a plan. And also, um, your plan for for getting there every little thing that has to do with the race itself have it planned out before so the the training is kind of takes care of itself you know you you have your training plan you go you do the runs you you do that but having you know down to the littlest thing where am i going to eat you know the night before um what am i going to eat the night before am i going to eat the night before and just having these things all mapped out so that you're, you're taking away that thinking in the moment, you know, because you don't want to get down to Marine Corps or you don't want to get up to Maine and be like, oh, man, I, I didn't realize I need reservations for this place or, you know, those things. And it's also planning if it is a destination race. What's your plan for the day before? We tend to, when we, when we go to Washington, we get down there on a Friday. So what are we doing on Saturday? And what is my plan? What is going to help me feel less anxious about this race? And how can I work it in? So I don't want to be on my feet all day walking around the monuments, but I do want to be able to have a little bit of movement and just like really have it all mapped out.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, Coach Whitney and I actually talked about this in a previous episode in which we kind of gave tips for like, race day planning blueprint. And then we have like a great resource PDF, basically like checklist style of like, so you remember everything. And then you could even write down like the morning of, you know, I'm going to wake up at this time, fill in the blank. I'm going to, you know, eat this at this time. I'm going to leave my house at this time. I'm going to start my warm up. So for those who uh, haven't gotten your kind of spark, healthy runner race day blueprint yet, and you're watching the video version of this, just type in blueprint, blueprint into the comment box, and I will shoot it over to you. Um, And those listening on the podcast, I'll definitely link that episode as well, um, in which we get into some more of those details. So definitely having this plan, this race day plan is going to help us be able to calm some of those nerves down. And for me, myself, being a planner, that makes total sense to me because when I do have a plan, I know I feel better um, about whatever I'm going to be doing. Um, so, okay. So that makes sense in terms of that tip. Uh, Coach Kat, do you have any anything to add to that? Um, is that something that you implemented or you're kind of a planner too? So I would imagine you've yeah. always used the plan.
2: Well, I did, but with what Irene pointed out, something very simple was my fueling my issue was i can't even now before races it doesn't matter how many times i practice morning runs and fuel before a race my stomach doesn't really cooperate no matter what so we talked about and i experimented many times eating and this is not what i recommend for everybody this is where you have to trial and error but i eat a very specific meal at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, heavy carbs, brown rice, dried cranberries, very specific meal. And I buy the cups, the Minute made rice cups, so I can bring it to any hotel, nuke it, dried cranberries. But I eat it really late at night. So then it pretty much sustains me. And in the morning, if I can eat a UCAN bar, I do eat, I try to eat a UCAN bar on the way. And that's enough as long as I've been fueling properly the week before. I know some people don't want to eat after like dinner time for me. And we discuss this and and we practice this. This is what works for me. So it does become the plan that works for you. But I do eat pretty late at night and actually ultra runners who have long races, they tend to start eating at 11 night, one in the morning, like they continuously eat because it's hard to get the fuel in right before a race
1: hmm.
2: that you need. So I try to do that. So, but that was part of the planning. And that was part of the, I plan this, I've been practicing this down. Let me grab my minute, made uh, minute rice. I'm not, we're not sponsored by them, but that's what I use, brown rice. And <laughs> hey, maybe you we know you know should
1: be. Yeah, why not? Maybe I'll reach out. So,
2: I'll hundred them. percent support them. They've, they've been with me on every race. <laughs> that and my wonder woman toaster long story but <laughs> you have to bring your own toaster hint hint for anybody if you use waffles or anything like that english muffins bring your own toaster never trust the hotel's toaster bring your own i know it sounds silly but anyway side note so we yeah. practice that
1: all right so we don't did, forget and we your did. running shoes and don't forget your toaster when your you toaster
2: that brought <laughs>
0: that brought Cat's anxiety down, right? Because if she doesn't it's have it. to think about where am I going to make my toast, exactly. Then... <clears throat> and we we didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Like we we didn't try to fit Cat into a peg of you have to eat at four in the morning before a race. It was what works for you, and then we have, we looped that in, and like she said, then we practice, which is again, spoiler alert the second tip. Yeah, <laughs> is, so is that's It's a, it. a
1: great segue. Yeah. yeah. What is uh that second tip there?
0: It's it's practicing your plan and executing your plan. So the execution a lot of times race specific comes with actually, you know, getting to the race those logistical pieces. But if we're talking like with cat if we're talking fueling, then we incorporated that into her long runs. And it's like, okay, we're going to try this this weekend. We're going to we're going to see how it helped. We're going to measure it because, you know, we like to measure things. So did it help? Did it not? And then if we needed to, we tweak. So it, it took a little bit, you know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Kat, but you know, maybe the second time when we were working on fueling, where we kind of looped in, it's like, all right, if you're eating late at night and that works for you, just do it. Yeah. And then we'll see, you know, the next day, see how your energy level is, you know, without trying to, you know, add GI upset to, to the mix. Because when you're anxious, kind of like when you're running, you know, you, your stomach isn't really interested in digesting at that moment. So same with anxiety. A lot of times you, your stomach just isn't interested in digesting. It's got other things to worry about. Um, so roll with it. You know, do do what works. Do what works. You know, don't try to say, you know, I've, I've read, you know, that, you know, I need to eat oatmeal at a.m. before a race and it has to be exactly two hours before therefore I'm going to get the benefits and then I have a, a gel before you know the start and you know every three miles thereafter yeah. that's why you practice because you see do I really have to do that or is my body different and my fueling can look different
1: right okay that makes sense yeah because you had- hear
2: so much about oatmeal before your run eat two to three hours before your race But for me, that's not, that doesn't work. I tried all of those tricks, you know, and for me, that just personally doesn't work. It may work for 99% of the runners, but that 1% that it doesn't work, we had to think outside of the box. So they're really, you you know, if that is you, and I'm sure Irene will say, you're not totally alone. (laughs) I'm the outside there. I'm, I'm the outsider in this group. I don't follow any
0: of those rules, but two, what, what does follow the rules though, is you focus on what works and you ditch what doesn't and you, you don't get too caught up in what isn't working. You're looking for, you know, how do I need to think outside the box? And you, you basically run with it and and see what works. You do have that, you know, you have to experiment, which is again, why we did it with the long runs. We have to see if it's working and then if it's working, we're just going to, we're going to stick with it whatever it
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. So making sure that you are practicing and if it is race specific, perhaps maybe doing some practice races prior to the big event. Um, even if it's not a marathon, let's say you're training for the marathon distance practice with other races, right. But still go through the same, you know, routine, um, as well as those long runs. And we're big proponents of that with all of our clients is, You know, we tell them like, hey, these long runs are your practice for your race, you know, in terms of what you eat the day before, the night before, how you hydrate, what you're going to have before your run, during your run, how much you're going to hydrate, right? And so just kind of making sure that if someone finds a solution that works for them, they have a plan that they're going to practice it, right? And that is gonna help alleviate some of that anxiety that we'll feel on race, you know, morning. We all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run-specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast. An often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury-free healthy runner is the nutritional component. For injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster, you must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair. And that is what the amino company's product Heal does better than any other product I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. Heal is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. In fact, a recent clinical trial compared HEAL with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, and the response was that HEAL was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram basis. HEAL was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using HEAL. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendinitis, or even recovering from your daily training if you are healthy, I highly recommend you give HEAL a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save 30% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's a m i n o c o dot com slash healthy runner and use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 30%. Yeah, so what's tip number three?
0: It this is all looping together very nice. It's being flexible. You know, it, it's being being flexible, you know, with the plan and being flexible not necessarily with the practice itself, because we want you to practice it, but with what the practice looks like. So if we kept pounding away for Kat, like, no, you got to make sure you feel before, I think we would have had different results with her anxiety level, because we're just going to be building her anxiety around that and adding more anxiety to, you know, what's already going on. So if we could take one thing out, then we're going to do that. So it's being flexible around it. And when you're measuring or when you're assessing, you know, is this plan working or not? Don't be married to it if it's not working. Be flexible with it. Where else can I think, all right, what do I need to do anything different? And if I feel like I need to do something different, I'm not going to stay, you know, rooted into this plan because it is my plan. So, a couple of years ago when I was training, I had always it all kind of goes with fueling, at least for me right now, just because that, that tended to be where stuff would go wrong, especially with flexibility. I always ran with a certain kind of gel and I, you know, all of it, you know, making sure you're having water with it. And then you know, my, I know my miles. I know that if I hit three miles, then I know I'm going to need something just because that's how I burn out. That's when I know I'm burning through. So I used this particular gel and it worked great and it worked great for years until it didn't (laughs) And I'm just going, okay, we're just going to stick with it because it's always worked and it's got to work again. And, you know, my anxiety is rising around it. My frustration is rising around it. I'm literally running off the trail trying to deal with what it's doing to my stomach. And it just, it wasn't working. So, you know, I worked with my coach at the time of, you know, what, what can we try? And I threw out an idea. He's like, well, you could, you could try that, but I don't think it's going to work. And it didn't, but I tried it. And then we actually through trial and error and being flexible, found what did. And those, you know, again, you know, those honey stinger waffles, those are the thing I never thought would set well with me. Those were great. And I was able to, you know, do what I had to do, but I still miss my gel. It was delicious. It was the best gel ever. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I can't use it. It just really, it kills me now.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So being, being flexible and trying to find, and you know, not perseverating on it needs to be this way and not giving up on your goal too. like, that's what I heard when you started talking about being flexible is, you know, let's be creative and let's find a way that no, it doesn't mean like you're never going to be able to run a marathon or you're never going to be able to run a half marathon because of this and the oatmeal doesn't work for you or the banana that everyone has before race doesn't work for you. Um, so, I, I, I kind of heard that in, in what you were talking about as well. Um, Kat, do you have any kind of experience with this kind of flexibility piece besides, like, I don't know what you would do if there was no electricity at the place you were staying at before a race because you wouldn't be able to plug your toaster in, but. Don't worry,
2: I got that covered. <laughs> but the, I, in, in the worst case, well, never mind. I, you're talking about me. I have backup plans for backup plans. And by the way, bananas. <laughs> are not a good idea for me either. I'm allergic to them. So um, (laughs) just puts me another weird runner conundrum because they always have bananas and I can't go near bananas. But um, no, the flexibility, you know, and fueling wasn't the only source of anxiety and we'll get into the other sources, I'm sure. But it was a huge part. And I had always thought that, you know, you were supposed to eat, but I couldn't. And why? And I would break down like a mile five or six of a marathon. You know, you have a lot more to go. And if you're already struggling, it plays mind tricks with you. And that's when I started questioning. And I remember where I was. I remember everything very clearly. Started questioning whether I should run, whether running is just not me. And it, it was... Should I be running? You know, is running for me? Is the people who told me running was not what I should be doing? Are they right? You know, and these are serious things that come into my, came into my brain during this race. And a lot of it was because I was underfueled and dehydrated going into a race. So the fueling was one key aspect to, I don't want to say it was an easy aspect, aspect to fix, but it was an easy one to identify. And an easy one to do actionable, as we always talk about actionable steps to remedy it. So.
0: And it it brings
2: up too, though, that
0: what that particular, you know, that more concrete thing brought to the anxiety. And that was, excuse me, the thoughts around it. And the thoughts are driving that anxiety train and the thoughts around, should I be a runner? Is this for me, Um, you know, can I do this? Those tend to feed on themselves. And those thoughts are absolute truth in our brains at that point in our thoughts. It's just telling us this and it's telling us this and we got to believe it because, you know, we're thinking it, so it's got to be true. And then it's finding ways to combat that. And the trick to that free therapy advice is if those thoughts are ringing so true that it's absolute truth, like a 10 out of 10, that is gospel if you're going to challenge that with anything like a new thought or, or something different mind work wise, it's got to be really believable. So if you're thinking of something new and it's like, oh, you know, if I'm going to rate that, it's going to be like a three out of 10 and I'm going to try it. Pure and simple, don't waste your time. You want something that's really highly rated like eight, nine, and 10 so that you can start to really chip away at those thoughts that are ringing so true that they literally find other ways around to, to kind of reframe themselves in your, in your thoughts and be like, Oh yeah, but yeah, but this and the way up. So it's, um, they're tricky. Thoughts are tricky and they're slippery. (laughs) They are slippery.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it does have to be something that's powerful enough to override the negative thoughts that you have in your head, such as like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not meant to be a runner. I'm not I can't run this distance. Um,
2: I do want to say, though, I have run after that. I have run successful races after that. And even though I don't talk about a lot of my races, I'm very proud of Remacon that I ran with Coach Lou and Mike. Um, and that was the first one after talking to Irene and I did really well and I'm very proud of the stuff so it's not all don't don't think I stopped running people just because I don't post necessarily <laughs> about my races, I still run races I just don't post but that one I did run successful long distance races after that bad marathon just so let's clarify that ahead of time I should have said that yeah I didn't stop running <laughs>
1: But I think that's a success story, right? That you have overcome some of these. And I'm sure it's not something that's totally, quote unquote, cured, right? Um, But you have found ways to kind of, you know, overcome those. And hopefully this episode will be helpful for others who are struggling with similar issues. Um, So, all right, we got three tips in. So what's the fourth tip, Irene? Have supports,
0: have supports. You know, again, thank you for leading this in, Kat, because it's like, oh, I don't, I don't post, you don't always need to, <clears throat> excuse me, get your support in that way. You know, so cat found ways to get support in, in other ways, but having, having support around it and don't, don't keep that bottled in, let people know that this is a struggle and that this is what you're working on so that they can help you and build you up around it. Supports are key. Supports are key.
1: Yeah, so just having like a supportive community and other people to turn to, lean on, like, yep. hey, have a support network, whether it is family, friends, running community, um, that you can share some of what you're going through with.
0: Right, right, and two, you, even if you need to bring it to you know a formal level, like what Cat did, you know, bringing it to that formal level, and let's let's really you know target this before Ramadan. Um, <clears throat> that's more of a formal support, but the informal supports are really you know, where it's at, those are the people that you can text and be like, Hey, look, this is, this is really getting to me today. And they can actually be there for you right in that moment.
1: Yep. Kat, do you want to add anything? Oh, I I have so much. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine. So
2: (laughs) I have Irene's number on speed dial, but, um, the support and I was very honest with the coaching with Dwayne, coach, coach Dwayne, Latoya, Whitney, and Lou, I asked them not to post or, or say anything about my races. And that is a form of support. Because for me, I don't really necessarily want people to know what races I'm doing. It doesn't make me a lot of people love social media and love posting and it makes them feel great. And it's their cathartic way for me it's the exact opposite I will post all day long about running tips everything and I'll even post what I'm feeling but the races I asked the coaches not to mention to anybody and that was a huge support knowing they had my back knowing they were not and Irene and I discussed this knowing that nobody and even my friend Jean who I ran the Marine Corps Marathon virtually we talked about you know don't really broadcast me and i'll talk about it after the race but that support was with the coaches just telling me good luck but not publicly like just direct messaging me um and i had the support okay now this is what i've been waiting for these are maroon you can't see maroon watch bands for my garment they are the same color as scarlet witch from Avengers, which brings me into how we really, really, really helped me immensely was Wanda. I know. What Irene realized is that when I was coaching and as I was running with my um, coaching people, even in a race, I was perfectly fine, no matter what the distance. I was like, okay, we can do this. It doesn't matter. So (laughs) Irene, told me to turn into a coach for myself, but that sounds silly. So I created somebody I was coaching called Wanda who was with me the whole race. And Irene wanted me to talk to her out loud. Like she said, okay, tell her at mile two, we're stopping to get drinks. Tell her at mile four, we're stopping to walk. So I would be running and training by myself and Wanda would make an appearance. And I would be talking to Wanda. Luckily, if you wear headphones, they think you're on the phone. Um, But So is Wanda imaginary? I don't know. There was an incident in Remacon where we're still trying to figure out if she actually... I was delirious if she actually showed up or not, for real. Um, A person on a bike. Long, long story. But (laughs) Wanda... And I named her Wanda because I can visualize she's my favorite Avenger, Scarlet Witch, favorite Avenger character, other than um, Sorcerer Supreme, but we'll get into that later. Um, I'm not getting on tangent with Avengers, but she is my favorite character. And that helps me like, because then I would be able to talk to her and I can visualize her next to me and I could turn into a coach, which is what I am a hundred percent comfortable on. I will run with somebody day in and day out and coach them. And I'm very comfortable doing that. And that's where I feel like, okay, I know what we're going to do. I, I know we're going to do this at this. I know what we're going to do this. So having an imaginary person I was running with as a coach actually worked. And this is out of the box. And let me tell you, if you guys didn't think I was crazy to begin with, I'm. this is really, people are probably like, what on earth is she doing But it's backed by Irene, who is an actual therapist. I mean, it's not like I created it. She decided it. She came up with this idea. I just was all for it. It made sense to me. But it isn't something that I would have thought on my own. And that's why having Irene, she, you know, she told me, well, why don't, if you're comfortable coaching, why don't you just have somebody you're coaching if they're there or not? And that really does become a reality so this person is with me and sometimes I'll be swearing at her sometimes I'll be like it, it, it's hard to explain and it that probably wouldn't work for everybody because I'm unique with the coaching but it works for me and again these are ways of you may not always think and I would have never known about these ways of doing it unless I actually said okay I have to talk to a professional." And she, I mean, was able to pick up a lot of these things and think outside the box for me that I was able to incorporate, but I would never have thought of that on my own. And that's why sometimes asking for help from a professional, I mean, I'm a run coach, I have the background, but this was very hard to identify in my brain. If I saw it in somebody else, I know what to do. But when it was with me, it's like clouded a little bit. And that's where Irene as an objective third person. I mean, I can, I see this in a lot of my runners who are nervous before the first races. I know exactly what to tell them to help them feel better because I've been there. I, I really have been there. So anyone who's nervous out there before your first race, whether I'm your coach or not, whether you're coaching or not contact me, I, I, I've been there honestly. Um, and it is a little nerve wracking to get on here and talk about this, but um, I trust Irene because she's the professional and she helped me through this. So you think outside of the box.
1: Yeah, so this is all still fitting into kind of having those supports. And mm-hmm. in Kat's case, it was from what I'm understanding, you tell me if I'm wrong, Irene, is you know, really kind of getting Kat in her comfort zone. And for her, her comfort zone is coaching others because she does an amazing job as a coach and motivating others and, and getting others to really like get through the difficult moments for them. And she does an amazing job with that. So you're putting her in her comfort zone where now she's almost having this out of body experience, right? It's not cat running this race anymore. It's someone she's coaching and Hey, now I'm in my comfort zone. So now that kind of decreases the anxiety a little bit. Is that kind of the goal there? Right.
0: It's, you know, it's, it's matching to, you know, to Kat as a person and it is decreasing the anxiety one because she's focused on coaching at that point. So she's really kind of pulled it into that, that logical part of her brain and really kind of almost, you know, blinding to, to the anxiety that she's feeling, but it really, it works with her and it works for her. And that's, that's why we did it. You know, it's like, all right, if where you're, you're telling me that where you feel the most comfortable and where you feel the most confident is when you're coaching, then we need to bring that in here and it might look different, but it really doesn't it does look matter at the end of the day. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, Right. you know, you show me a runner that isn't talking to themselves while they're running and coaching themselves and changing their self-talk that way. We just had a, we had a person, we had Wanda. We still have Wanda. Wanda's there.
2: Wanda's not there right now, but she makes appearances. Yeah.
1: For those that yeah. not watching the video version right now, Wanda as a fourth screen just popped up. No I'm just <laughs> Can you imagine? That would have been
2: brilliant.
1: <laughs> I know, but have... Irene, I could see this working too because, like, many of the people listening to this are not going to be run coaches, right? But I'm just thinking about the mother runners out there and how many moms. Um, that we work with who will like literally do anything for their kids. Right. And like my wife is one of them Um, will like sacrifice everything for the kids. And like, if something happens with kids, it's like, they're in like the zone. Right. And they take care (laughs) of things. So I wonder if a, you know, mom runner out there was struggling with this. I wonder if, you know, them coaching their son or their daughter, right. Like, running alongside of them and being like, what would you say to your child if they were struggling to either, you know, get back on the field or get back on the court or finish what they started. Right. Or, you know, not be able to perform at regionals or States or right. Like I'm just thinking about parents who, um, probably feel in their comfort zone, like being able to provide that pep talk for their kids. And you know, would they be able to almost do some of this visualization and and talk as well? Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Yep. It's, it's what works for you. It's what, what, where do you find that, that confidence and where do you find that, that place where you're still, you're still doing what you need to be doing but you're able to divert to something else and help move someone else along, you know, and whoever that, if it's a child, if it's Wanda, if it's, you know, for me, it would probably be, you know, Sydney, cause she'll go running with me sometimes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, I might be like, man, I just want to stop at this point. And she's out there and it's like, all right, first of all, I have to pull myself together. And second of all, you know, how can I help her through this? And it might be okay. We're going to get to that tree and, you know, then we're going to walk to the next tree and then we're going to run again. And then we're going to, and, you know, especially with kids too, which is good, especially if it's one of those long, slower runs is with kids, you want to get them to slow down because kids are out the gate hauling. So it's like, okay, no, we're going to, we're going to really slow it down and we're going to slow it down. And you're, you're talking to your child, but you're talking to yourself, but it feels more purposeful because, you know, as human beings, we tend to put ourselves last. So if we can take care of someone else through it or coach someone else through it,
1: why not? Right. Why not? And then it, it helps kind of decrease that pressure that we put on ourselves and, and kind of change our focus of like, yep. Hey, I need to perform. And if I don't perform, then everyone's going to look at me and be like, Oh, you're a failure. Right. Or, you know, you, why did you even, you know, try to run this half marathon or marathon? Um, so that makes sense. Um, all right. So we are down to the fifth and final tip here. Uh, so what is our fifth tip and, you know, how we can better deal with race anxiety?
0: Um, relaxation strategies, you know, and, and again, practicing those and incorporating those into your plan. It could be breathing techniques. It could be visualizations, it could be, you know, refocusing or, you know, some kind of meditation where you have, you know, just some kind of object of focus that is where you can really just bring When you're feeling anxious, the stress response is going on in your brain. And we want to start building up and switching it over to the relaxation response because they can't coexist, they can't coexist. So we want to basically turn off the stress response with relaxation. You could do that with breathing. Um, there's a, a breathing technique that I like that is, well, there's, there's two, there's belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, which is basically just having your belly move. So instead of breathing high, cause when we're anxious, we tend to breathe high. We tend to breathe shallow. So we're literally just making our belly move. And that means we're, we're getting kind of a full breath and another Is having a longer exhale than your inhale. Um, There's all kinds of different breathing things. What it's again, it's what works for you. So play around with it and have fun. But breathing is so powerful. We're doing it anyway. And if it can make us feel that bad where we're feeling, you know, either panicked or we can't catch a breath, the converse is also true. We just have to practice it. So look up some breathing exercises, you know, diaphragmatic breathing and, um, you know, the longer exhale visualizations. You know, we can visualize with Wando, We can visualize with our kid. We can visualize, you know, what it's going to look like. And when we visualize, we don't want to visualize if we're, we're running through our plan and we're running through our execution of our plan. We do not want to visualize how it is going to go wrong because what we do in practice, we do in the game, my friends. So we want to visualize how it is going to go right. So when you're doing a visualization for like a logistical walkthrough, Every single thing is going to go according to plan in the visualization so that it starts to feel more natural, but it also is setting you up to, again, not having to think in the moment of, oh my gosh, what do I do? So you want to visualize it all going right. Um, you have like in your planning, if we're you know, doing race strategy, we have A goal, B goal, C goal. So we're prepared for all of them, but we don't want to visualize C if we're going for A. We want to get down to C if we need to um, and the two it's, it's refocusing and, you know, reframing how we're thinking like, man, I can't do this. Like, well, I am doing this. You know, if you're, you're out on, you know, your, your 20 miler and it's a hundred stinking degrees and you're, you know, 10 miles from where you parked your car. Hello. And you're thinking, oh my God, I can't, (laughs) I am, I am. Don't think you can don't think in, in ways that are you know, kind of vague or wishful, you want to think really, really concretely. So, you know, have it be very, you know, action oriented, even in your thoughts, you know, you, you want that to, to kind of like with the visualization, you want it to all go right in the visualization. You want it to be like highlighting what exactly is going on in the thoughts. So not, I can, not, I will, I am, I am, I am 10 miles into this run and I am running. And I am hot and I am miserable, uh, but I am running. I am running and Fine. I'm going to get back to my car eventually. You know, so it's, it's, just, yeah. Get back to these. So, I know. I know. So yeah. Uh, step five is relaxation strategies. All
2: Incorporate
1: right.
0: them into your plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kat, do you have anything to add to that? Did you try any of these at all?
2: Um, I have two. One. Irene asked me where I fell when we were talking the most relaxed and for me it's under a tree I like to be under trees and grass I don't like desert I, 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 I like the lush green so she told me when every day if I was feeling anxious literally go outside barefoot if I could stay in the grass under the tree and just calm. And that actually does help me. And that's why I love running on the trail by myself a lot of times when it's rainy, because that nice feeling of rain is alone. And everyone laughs but I love running in the race and I do my best because I'm happiest. It's a freeing feeling it's my relaxation is that rain, that calm. And so it's not really a visualization per se, but it is a breathing where, okay, go outside, look at the trees. And on tough runs, I have sometimes stopped under a tree and be like, "Okay, breathe, you know, you can do this and you can always revert back. And as a coach, (laughs) turning into coach again, but you could always revert back to your timed interval walk runs if you need to, no matter how tired you are you pretty much know you could always walk back to your car. Always keep that in the back of your head. Pretty much if you're a runner and you've been running, you can always walk back to your car unless you're injured, in which case you might need help. But So why not start experimenting, run three minutes, walk one minute, just keep a pace, run three minutes. You will be amazed at how far you can get by running three minutes, walking one. It may not be what your plan A was, but it will get you to your finish goal so i've used that on occasion when i've needed to i've gone back to an interval run walk situation um very time oriented but so that does work and just know like she was saying you're doing it and you can do it you just have to keep going you know go back to what if it has to be a one-to-one ratio run one minute run one minute walk you're you're still going forward you're still making progress to your car and the ac because irene and i do not like the heat but you're going i couldn't tell yeah (laughs) we're very vocal about that but i thought um you know those were two very visualization things and incorporating that has helped me is is you know maybe some people like the water you Know, like to be by the beach that might calm them down. Ooh, you know, so, the maybe beach. find well, find a, a if, if you don't suffer from that anxiety, but if you did, maybe find a race where it's near water. You know, yeah. I yeah. tend to look for races that have trees, <laughs> so just but but it is it, it everything she said, I incorporated. So, that, yeah. that's really what I want, yeah.
1: No, that's uh, super helpful, and I actually was thinking about you today, Irene, um, this morning as I was on my run, and just, you know, this really relates to the relaxation Uh, strategies. And I myself have been working on some of these breathing uh, techniques that Irene speaks about. Um, I wasn't planning on sharing this today, but you know what, I figure it will be good to give a little context. Uh, Myself is really not so much with, I've never, at least historically, have struggled with like race anxiety, but My brain is on like, you know, hyperdrive a lot of times I am juggling a lot and have a lot of projects and things going on in my head. And I actually met with Irene and, you know, we worked on some relaxation strategies to really more so calm myself down at night uh, and close the devices and the you know 10 things on the to-do list that I could be doing um, and being able to wind down before bed so I can get better restful sleep and recover from my runs and my strength training. Um, but the breathing uh, strategies that Irene talks about have been super helpful. And I was thinking about you in the fact of it's really helped my running too, Irene, because I've always been, that's always been my biggest limiting factor is my breathing and my running. Like it's mm-hmm. never been my legs. It's a, just because I think, you know, I've been strength training and, you know, conditioned for 20 plus years now, Um, it's always been the lungs. And I was never like an aerobic athlete before. I was never a cyclist, never swimmer. I'm a sinker, not a swimmer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's always been the breathing. And like this morning on my Easter, I'm like just thinking about like, now I'm able to control my heart rate so much better. I'm able to do like diaphragmatic breathing actually the whole time. And like, I can even, you know, breathe with my mouth closed and just do like nose breathing. Breathing. Um, so, even just practicing some of those breathing things at night when I kind of close down the computer and, you know, just, you know, try some of the meditation so that you recommended, um, that's helped. I think even helped me relax during some of those runs and we'll see, you know, if it helps at a race itself, but um, yeah, these strategies guys, relaxation strategies can be super helpful. Um, I can see, you know, those maybe even before a race at the start line, like just trying to go into your zone, whether you close your eyes and just remove everything around you um, or even before you get to the start line, like for cat, I could definitely see, I love trees as well. And like, Being under a tree, like I was just actually looking at my red maple yesterday um, as I was outside with my daughter playing uh, some volleyball. Um, And yeah, it is so relaxing to like look up into the leaves, right? Like I could see that being super helpful for someone who's like getting anxious before they go to the start line um, and just to kind of calm themselves down a little bit, especially because we see so many people start out too fast. And I think if you're a runner listening to this and you've traditionally done that where you know the first two miles of your race are always like the fastest two miles, uh, you are definitely starting out too fast. And we've done many episodes on kind of race strategy before. Um, but if you're just like too pumped up for your race and or too anxious for your race, that could be detrimental to your performance and maybe trying some of these relaxation strategies prior to, um, the race actually starts, um, can be helpful for you. I don't know, Irene, you are the professional. Do you agree with my little, uh, kind of synthesis?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. Especially if this is something that you've been doing already, you know, it's part of your plan and you're executing this. So, you know, practicing the breathing before your long runs or before any run, you know, just really getting into the habit of doing that. So it becomes second nature because, What you're going to find, if you haven't found already with breathing, especially diaphragmatic breathing, is that you're training your body to breathe like that anyway. So we want you to tap into it on race day instead of learning it on race day. So practicing it as part of your plan is, okay, I'm going to do this breathing and this is when I'm going to do it and get used to how it feels so that you notice when it's off. So even when you're running and you're like, something doesn't feel right and it's breathing related, refocus it and get it literally get it where it needs to go. So, yeah.
1: Cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, that was uh, super helpful. So in summary, if I needed to summarize kind of your five tips to really deal with, you know, race anxiety, the first was kind of have that plan um, first and foremost, and then you got to practice that plan. So that's kind of tip number two is practice the plan, execute the plan. And then three is you got to be flexible. So you got to find what works for you. And it might not be what worked for your other running friend. It might not be what you read when you Googled race anxiety, or even listened to this podcast, right? We may have not even talked about the strategy that works for you, right? And that's where finding a professional like Irene can be beneficial, right? To really be able to, you know, hone into what you need um, as a runner. And then Fourth tip was having those supports, um, whether it was your family, friends, running community, your Wanda, as Kat has, right? Your, you know, imagery partner, um, if you will, or kind of out of body experience um, to get you into that kind of happy comfort zone of yours. And then the fifth tip is really relaxation strategies, um, whether you do those the night before your race, the morning of your race, at the race. Maybe during the race. Right. You can even probably do some of those during the actual race um, to be able to calm yourself down a little bit. And even some of the like the the talk that you had mentioned, Irene, I really liked a lot. Like I am doing this right. I I love that phrase that you mentioned or I am running um, that you are actually doing it right and getting out of some of that negative self-talk. That you know we can go through. Um, Kat, do you have anything that you would want to add to any of that that we haven't mentioned yet?
2: No. Um, when I'll, when it's time to go, I know it's sure. I do have one. I'll just summarize. But other than that, no, not out of those five.
1: Okay. All right. We'll hold off on your summary first. Right. And yeah, Irene, I think it would probably um, do us justice to just mention. Um, you know, when do we seek out help from a professional like yourself and how does somebody find a provider? Um, is there an easy way that someone can find someone to work with? Um, yeah. What what do you like to tell folks
0: when it starts? when the anxiety of, of any kind, whether it's race anxiety, whether, it, whether it's regular anxiety, you know, depression or what, whatever you happen to be going through or even stress when it feels unmanageable and when it, it feels like it's interfering in your life. Like Kat was a, a perfect example of, I knew I needed to, to talk to someone because this, it, it wasn't getting better. And I was literally considering possibly not running. So when it really when you notice that it's starting to or impact what you're doing you know the anxiety is so bad you you start missing long ones or you're kind of like eh, hey, i'm just going to you know push it off or i'm not even going to register for it because i i might feel too anxious to do it um so it, it's when you you notice that it's basically impacting your functioning you know in in at least one domain so that's that's when you know that's kind of that kind of quote unquote clinical level where you know Please, you know, talk to someone. Um, and as for finding someone, uh, a lot of people will go through; um, they'll call the number, or usually they'll go online for their insurance companies and see, hey, you know, who's a, who's in the area. Um, it is in mental health and behavior health at this point. It is extraordinarily hard to get in right now, just because everyone is so overloaded. So if you if you know somebody. Um, or you know someone that worked with someone in particular, um, ask for like a, a personal referral, you know, and say, "Hey, look, so and so sent me." And then you know, a lot of times that can can help people, you know, be creative or at least get get something in the way. But it all that t- I don't want to discourage people from from reaching out. But if you you think, and it's you're starting to feel that it's impacting you and you're kind of on the fence about it, reach out now because people are booking out. So please, please do. And, you know, as a clinician, I always have to say, you know, if, if there is any, if it's hitting a sense of safety for you, you know, either toward yourself, toward someone else, or it's just, it, it feels like it's hitting every single functioning domain that you have and you just can't, that's an emergency level. That's, that's when it's like, okay, I, I really, I need to probably, you know, at least get evaluated at the hospital.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for mentioning that. And yeah, I I have heard, you know, that um, availability is becoming scarce and especially even like, you know, teenagers and I hear that it's very difficult to get appointments. Um, So yeah, I would say for those that are looking out there, don't get, um, you know, I, I think it's easy for us to be like, you know, well, this is just too hard to do. So I just won't do it um, be persistent, maybe look for other options, right. That are around you. Um, and just stick with it, you know, until you get an appointment or be proactive. Like Irene mentioned is, you know, if you're starting to feel some things and it's been going on for a little bit, then chances are, it's probably not just going to go away on its own. Um, and you might as well, you know, get the ball rolling and get an appointment on the books and Hey, who knows in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, like, if you have to cancel it, you have to cancel it, right? Uh, right, right. You know, it is better to be a little bit more proactive. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that's very important um, for for those who are looking for help. Um, you know, I, I guess with, um, you know, with you specifically being in Connecticut, if someone was using insurance, do they have to live in the state of Connecticut in order to seek services from you?
0: It's, you know, it, the insurance piece is interesting because, it's not so much the insurance, you know, because we um, verify benefits before and we'll say, Hey, yeah, we take it or no, we don't. Um, but I actually have plans that are from like New York and, and, and stuff like that. The only thing is, you know, for, for telehealth is the person that I'm working working with at that time has to be in the state of Connecticut. So right. okay. I That's could be wherever, <laughs> but right the, the identified client has to be in the state of Connecticut, okay, but the insurance is, insurance is interested. They're All almost right. more nationwide now. So yeah, it kind of opens up doors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So even if, so let's just say there was someone who was in the state of Connecticut, do you want to share like how it would be best if someone did want to work with you um, and check your availability, how could they get in touch with you? What's the best uh, way? Really,
0: the easiest way is to text me. I mean, it really is say that you, you know, you checked in, you know, to the live and, you know, I heard your number there. So it, it is to text me. Um, emailing is probably second best. Calling is extraordinary, extraordinarily difficult for me because I work such long hours. And then I, I just don't want to intrude on people's lives at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. So um, my cell is eight six zero eight
1: three four-three four nine nine. Okay. I have All it. Perfect. Yeah. And I will I will drop those in the show <laughs> notes uh, for those of you who are in Connecticut. Um, But yeah, if you guys need help, then definitely, you know, seek it out, seek out a local provider near you. Um, And yeah, before we close out, uh, Kat, what are your words of wisdom that you have?
2: (laughs) No, just really, you know, I think that if you, and I've always been a big advocate of not believing everything on social media, but if you look at just social media in general and, It can be a wonderful thing. But if you suffer from race anxiety or you suffer like it can actually make things, what's wrong with me? Everybody seems so happy. Everybody is so excited to run this race. Yeah, I'm panicked. I don't want to run this race, you know. So it's not abnormal to have anxiety about running. I know it's not necessarily, and I hate to say this, it's not it may not be life and death, but it's life. It can be life-changing. You know, it can be a life-changing decision to start running. And I say that in all seriousness, and it can be life-changing to complete your first race. And I've seen that firsthand in some people, you know, it's, it's changed their life and, but there could be some anxiety. And if it turns into some level, like Irene said, there, there's no shame in asking for help. And I needed the help from a professional because I can't, I couldn't process why this wasn't working right. And, you know, it's not really talked about, I don't think in, in like the running community, I'm on a lot of other Facebook pages, a lot of other running pages, and you don't really hear a lot about how to deal with race anxiety. I mean, you hear about fueling, plan, all this stuff, which can alleviate it, but you don't hear about it, how you feel the night before your first race. You're anxious, but what if you're not, you're more than anxious, you know, you're panicky. And that's why I felt as a coach, it was actually kind of important to Kind of explain to people that this is not abnormal. And if you don't suffer from it, no worries. You know, enjoy. If you see me on the trail, say hi to Wanda. I don't care. But (laughs) if you, yeah, you could literally say hi to Wanda. But if you don't, um, but you're not, but if you do suffer from it, I really want to stress that you're not by yourself. It's not abnormal. Um, And that's why, as a coach, I wanted to come out here and share my personal story so that you know that look, this happened, but look, I've been successful since addressing this. That was the worst. And last year I had a very successful, um, running. I did Rima Khan and I did the 50 K. So that was after, you know, having one of the worst races of my life, pure anxiety talking to Irene. So it's not like, so there is hope after I want to tell people. And I just want everyone to know that it's, it's, you know, it could be normal. It's, it's not something to be ashamed of.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think that is super helpful and, you know, I think it, it gives great perspective and that's why I just love having you on our coaching team and all the goodness that you are doing for all the athletes that you're working with. And I think they would all agree, um, for those that are going to be listening to this. Um, by the way, if you guys do want to, um, you know, get some clarity on your kind of running your strength plan, your run plan, uh, get it structured out for you so you can get consistent support um, and want to work with coach Kat or any of the coaches on our team, um, certainly reach out. Um, I'll have the link in uh, the description below. Um, and you can check our availability and, you know, to be able to get some clarity on that. And as you can see, we're real coaches that share our real struggles as well. Um, and, you know, we would love to help you get over your hurdles and, um, you know, Hopefully you guys found this episode um, helpful and I do think that it was important to talk about, like you had mentioned uh, Kat, and hopefully you know, this will help others. So if you're listening to this, uh, wherever you're listening, whether you're listening on our Spark Healthy Runner, YouTube channel, our Facebook group, on the podcast, like copy the link, share it with a running friend you know who may be struggling with this. um, So they can know that they're not alone And hopefully, you know, the five strategies that Irene shared, um, can help them be able to, you know, start to work on overcoming some of these obstacles. So, you know, thanks, Coach Kat, Um, as always, uh, we love having you as a regular on the show. Um, um, thanks for coming on and Irene, thank, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you were very busy, uh, helping people out all day. So I appreciate you sharing your, uh, wisdom and your expertise in, you know, managing anxiety. And I think it's great that you can, you know, relate it to running because you are a runner yourself. You're
0: welcome. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, uh, guys, as always, let's always stay active. Let's stay healthy and let's just keep on running until next time. Hey, healthy runners, have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability you get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis you get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis you get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online, personalized, structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners, and then access to our trusted Healthy Runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before we would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training whether it is getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my spark blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching healthy runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark five, Leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, From our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the -the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.